All right, y'all. We are doing a live predictions for Locked On Golden Gophers. We're talking the Illinois game, the 2024 Gophers schedule, and some listener questions today on Locked On Golden Gophers. You are no Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Now, usually on Fridays, we do predictions. We're still going to do that, but we don't have the daily co or weekly co-host, Tristan Spanford. That was on me yesterday. I had a raging migraine. We usually record late at night, the night before, and I couldn't even open my so I was like, bruh, we got to we gotta move it on. And tonight he's got stuff with the family. So I'm doing it solo today, but I wanted to do it live with y'all because we can get the questions going at the end here. I want to see your comments on predictions we've got for the Illinois matchup. And we have to talk about that Gophers 2024 schedule that officially released today as well. So lots to talk about, lots to dive into. Be sure you don't miss any of these this daily Gophers content here at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Subscribe on YouTube so you can check out live shows like this one and get it ahead of time. And this will turn to an audio podcast as well. So be sure to follow wherever you get the podcast at Locked On Golden Gophers. Now today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download Game Time today. Create an account and use promo code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. Now, this first segment we're going to do, we're going to do both over-unders and predictions all in one fell swing. And I want to hear yours as we go along. I can see some of the comments rolling in, and I absolutely appreciate it. But what we're going to do is talk over-unders. And the first one I have is that Gophers points line. Now, the last time I looked at it, it was in favor of the Gophers by one and a half points. Now at home, I'm going to smash that one because at home against another team that's been struggling, hasn't won a game in the Big Ten West. I think the Gophers can play this one tough and being a home field advantage, usually you see a three point swing in favor of the whole teams. So I'm going to take this one and a half point one and take it straight to the bank. I'll take the cover on that one for Minnesota. And the points line is 42 and a half. Last time I checked, 42 and a half is a lot of scoring in the cold in the Big Ten. But I think it'll run close. Now, last week, I thought it would run close. It ran a half a point under. I'm still going to take the under on this one, and uh, I will get to that score prediction in just a moment. But overall, I've got the under on the points. I've got the Gophers covering in this one. And then we move over to an over-under with Illinois' total offensive yards. Now, we've got the line set at 349.5 yards, which means 350 or more gets you the over. And Illinois is averaging 365 yards on the year per game. So I would take the slight over here. I think the Gophers will get it done on defense, but I do think Illinois can rack up some yardage throughout the duration of the game. We saw um, Michigan State start to get some good yardage in that second half, even though they couldn't punch it in four scores. 
So I think Illinois will get above that 349 and a half yards. I'll take the over there. Now, when it comes to Gophers sacks, we've got the line at two and a half. Now, I'm thinking most Gophers fans would smash this one, and I probably would too because Illinois' offensive line has given up 31 sacks on the season. Now, it's not as bad as Colorado's offensive line, but it's still pretty porous, so I would take the over here. They've been averaging almost four sacks a game, so taking two and a half over means you only have to get three, and they're averaging almost four, so you should take that one straight to the bank as well. But let's get to some of these predictions. That's what people really care about, right? So with the predictions on this one, how many touchdowns does this Gophers offense score? That is a tough question because we don't know what's happening with the running back room. Now, luckily, we've seen that no matter who is toting the rock, someone's getting it done. Last week, it was Jordan Newbin. We've seen Zach Evans get it done. We've seen Darius Taylor get it done. So whoever's back there, I have confidence in this backfield, but I don't think that one player is going to get another 35, 40 totes because there's been so much injury in this room. So I think overall, it comes down to the passing game, but will the Gophers allow the passing game to thrive and keep moving and drive the field? Will they use the up-tempo style we saw at the end of the first half last week against Michigan State and let them get into a rhythm? That's where it seems Ethan kind of thrives. So it'll be interesting to see if the Gophers do that. But with my score prediction, I am going to say that the Gophers get three touchdowns in this game. Three touchdowns. I don't know if they go over that, but it also keeps it towards that scoring line as well. Who leads the team in tackles? I'm going with my guy, Cody Lindenberg. He's back. Last week, he was on a snap count. This week, I do not believe that snap count will exist. I think they're going to let him get into it and get going. Now that he's had a kind of a, a preseason game, so to speak, versus Michigan State, he comes into this Illinois game with two running backs that can get it done, Reggie Love and Fegan, who is a true freshman for them, but then a quarterback who likes to run as well. Our linebackers are going to be huge in this matchup. So I think Cody Lindenberg is going to lead this room in tackles, but Devin Williams could be right there. He has been playing out of his mind these last two weeks, especially against Iowa, but he did really well against Michigan State too. So those two linebackers are top of my list when it comes to leading the team in tackles. We've got who leads the team in reception yards, and I'm absolutely going to say Daniel Jackson. That's kind of a runaway at this point with the connection we've seen with the quarterback, but also just some of the struggles up and down we've seen from the other pass-catching options. Now we're going to do who scores the first touchdown, offensive player of the game, defensive player game, sleeper, and then final score predictions. That's what we're going to do right here. So the first thing is who scores the first touchdown. Now, this is the hardest thing for me to predict with this Gophers offense that has been up and down, left and right, sideways, you name it. It has been hard to catch consistency with this Gophers offense. So I think if I had to predict who scores the first touchdown, I would lean to one of the running backs, but who's going to be starting? Who's going to, is Darius Taylor healthy or is Jordan Newbin going to be taking the workload of that running back room? Also, will the Gophers keep the passing game going? I'm going to lean to a running back. I think Daniel Jackson would be a safe bet here, but let's go with Jordan Newbin. I'm going to lock it in. I think maybe Darius Taylor gets one more week to get healthy. It seems like it was the left hamstring. So hamstrings are those injuries that can linger and they can take a while to get back up to full speed. And if you don't get back up to full speed, that's when things start to reoccur and keep happening. So I think the Gophers might take the safe ride on this one. Let Darius Taylor keep on 
getting on the mend and let Jordan Newbin kind of run with this one again as the lead back. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some fresh faces in that running back room to get a couple touches as well. I'm going to go Jordan Newbin with the first touchdown for offensive player of the game. I'm going to lock it in with Ethan Kaliak Manis. I think this is going to be a game where they keep that progression going. We saw it going in Iowa a little bit. Now, the first half, it was it was tough, but he started to pick it up. Then in Michigan State, there were some moments, but then all of a sudden it started clicking, and then they didn't need to pass the ball anymore. I think this is the game where they really let him go. They let him get it done. They let him get it uh building that momentum and that confidence. And I'm going to go with Ethan as my offensive player of the game, but flipping to the defensive player of the game, I think it's time. I think it's time. I've already picked him once for one prediction here, but I think Cody Lindenberg is going to be the guy. He is back and ready to go. And I think that he's been itching to put his staple, his stamp on this goal for a season. Now he's back. Now he's not on a pitch count, hopefully. So I think Cody Lindenberg is going to have a massive game against this Illinois fighting Illini team. Now, the last two things we've got predictions-wise before we talk about the 2024 schedule, which was released today. Now, before we get to that, like I said, sleepers. I think the biggest sleeper for me, he's been right on the edge. Anthony Smith is my sleeper in this game. He has been creating a lot of pressures. His snaps have been going up more and more. He has been finding a way to make an impact, but it's not an impact that always shows up in the box score. I think this week could be the week where he gets there because of this mobile quarterback that gets a little skittish but likes to move on the outsides. I think Anthony Smith will get home on at least one time. I think he'll have a sack in this game. And for final score predictions against your fighting Illini, I am going to lock it in with the Gophers 24, Illinois 14. I think it's a 10-point game, that one-and-a-half line, like I'm telling you. I would smash the over on it. I think the Gophers are going to cover, keep a three-game winning streak going. But let's talk about the 2024 schedule because that is just released today, and it's interesting. There's some games that maybe you look at it and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. But the more I sit and think about it, the more I'm like, the Gophers could have a pretty good year next year. And I'll tell you why. Coming up next. First, I got to tell you about our friends over at GameTime because at GameTime.co or if you download the GameTime app, they have killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price is guaranteed. So you can stop stressing about getting the tickets and start getting hyped about the event you're going to. It can be concert tickets, it can be sporting events, and so much more over at the Game Time app. And it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seats before you buy the tickets so you know what to expect. And on top of that, it goes right to your phone. It's not in your email. You don't have to sit there and scroll and search. So definitely check out the Game Time app and you can download the app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's LOCKEDONCOLLEGE as the promo code over on Game Time app for $20 off your first time purchase terms and conditions apply download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed All right, Gophers fans, let's talk about this 2024 schedule because it officially released, and I'm going to throw it on the screen right now so you can see it. And you know what? It looks like a doozy. You look at starting the entire year 
with North Carolina. But you got to remember, North Carolina doesn't have Drake May, Drake May next year. He's most likely, very likely going to be in the NFL, a high NFL draft pick. So that, that game hits a little bit different and it's at home. So hopefully you'll have some more momentum on your side, especially with a lot of young players getting key reps this year that hopefully you can make it up in that series one and one. But then you move on to Rhode Island, should be a win. Nevada should be a win. And you kick off Big Ten play in September at home versus Iowa. So that's the first four games. Now, Iowa is going to be a massive game to kick off the Big Ten season. And especially because you know this Iowa team is going to want vengeance for how the game ended up this season. So that is a tough way to start out the season, but you're at home and you know that that's going to be a sellout game because it's the first Big Ten game. You're hopefully starting the season 3-0 and with those three non-conference, especially with North Carolina missing some big pieces that led their team this year. You start 3-0 and and then you go into the Iowa game at home. It's going to be a rabid crowd that is ready to get loud, ready to show out for your Gophers. And I think it could be a huge one. And hopefully, P.J. Fleck can keep that streak going when it comes to the Iowa matchup. So those first four games out of the start aren't too bad. It's nice to see that you could maybe start 4-0 and and then you take on Michigan. Now, Michigan, we saw what happened this year, 52 to 10. It was absolutely brutal, and it was tough for Gophers fans to watch. It didn't feel like we were in the game at all. There was maybe one moment prior to the halftime where you're like, okay, we see a flash, and that was the last flash you saw this season. But what is happening with Michigan? The craziness, the scandal, the, the all this stuff happening with Michigan football right now, who knows what happens? You're probably going to lose J.J. McCarthy to the NFL. Blake Corum is going to go to the NFL. A lot of those offensive linemen are going to go to the NFL. Who knows if Jim Harbaugh is back or if he has suspensions? What is going to happen sanctions-wise? There is a lot up in the air with that Michigan game. So who knows if it's a game that Minnesota could maybe be in because of the scandals, because of the departures, because who knows what's happening there. So it's hard to put a full stamp on that Michigan game as something that we can't be in. So you're talking about maybe you're 4-0 in that beginning of the season, a huge question mark around Michigan, and then you've got two new additions in USC and UC. LA. Now, I don't know if you've watched USC this season, but Caleb Williams was touted as the possible back-to-back Heisman quarterback this season. He was touted as the number one pick, and now people are maybe wavering on that a tiny bit. He's shown a couple blemishes, and USC has shown they cannot play defense. Now, if you can't play defense in the Big Ten, you are likely going to struggle. And I don't think USC is going to be an exception to that because, yes, they might have a high-powered offense, but defense is everything in this Big Ten Conference. So I don't know if it's going to be smooth sailing for a school like USC or for UCLA. UCLA might fit the Big Ten style when it comes to the tough, hard-nosed, grinding, ground-and-pound type offense, but who knows if it'll be a, an adjustment period for them. Of the four teams coming over, I think Oregon is best suited for this Big Ten style of the play and to be up there with the big dogs like in Ohio State, like a Michigan and all that. So we don't see Oregon next year. Washington also could be as well. We don't see Washington, but Washington also has huge departures, two top wide receivers, a top quarterback all leaving. So even though these top four schools coming in from the Pac-12, 
present a lot of challenges or a lot of differences, I think there will be an adjustment period. I think the only team that I'm like, yeah, they're going to be good from the get-go is Oregon. Everything else is up in the air, especially if you can't play defense like we're seeing from USC. So I'm not too scared of that USC or UCLA game. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed win, but what I'm saying is the Gophers can be competitive in those games. And then you move on to Maryland. Maryland, we've seen, has had its ups and downs this year. They just lost to Northwestern as well. They After that Ohio State game, I believe they're on a three-game losing streak, the Ohio State, Illinois, and Northwestern. Plus, they're losing senior quarterback Tua, or not Tua, his brother, Talia Tungavailoa. And so who's going to be the quarterback for them? Who Are they going to have the pass catchers? There's so much change happening with a lot of these other programs. But you look at what the Gophers have. Yes, we're going to lose Tyler Newbin. Yes, we're going to lose Brevin Spanford. And there's a handful of guys, key players that will lose. But a lot of the players playing major snaps for the Gophers this season are younger players. So that could play out really well for us in 2024, especially with so many other programs having major shifts. So right now, you're looking at that final week of games. You've got Illinois, Rutgers, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Now, Illinois, we'll find out how we match up with Illinois this week. I don't know if they're going to have a lot of new additions coming in next year to have at the top of your mind. But at the same time, if the Gophers can handle Illinois this year, maybe that's a similar type game in 2024. Rutgers has been a whole new type of team this season. They've played way better defense and they're getting it together. So it's hard to mark up for that one. But the only game, the number one game that I am like, I don't know if the Gophers can hang is Penn State. Penn State has shown some flashes this year. They're struggled with Ohio State, but they also have a very young core. Their defense is a young core. Their quarterback is a young core. Their running backs both still have to play at least one more year before they can be NFL draft eligible. So Penn State is a team that I think, like the Gophers, has a lot of young players carrying over to next year that might be well-suited to make some noise. So Penn State is the biggest game due to Michigan scandals, due to not knowing the sanctions, due to not knowing if Harbaugh or Harbaugh will be back. JJ McCarthy's likely going to be gone. I think Penn State is the biggest game on the schedule next year where I'm uncomfortable. Everything else feels like it could be a toss-up. So the 2024 schedule is a fun one. It's intriguing, but with the amount of experience coming back for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they can hang, how they can grow, and how the young talent comes together for Minnesota in that new season. Now, to wrap up this show, I would love to get some questions from the listeners. I see we have some viewers in here. I want to know what you would like to discuss here to wrap this one up as we head into Illinois week tomorrow. We've done some predictions. We've talked about 2024, but what is on your mind? Feel free to drop that in the comments, and we'll wrap this one up with that one. But first, a word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Now, if you like daily sports and daily fantasy sports, then Prize Picks is the place to be. And you can test your skills over on Prize Picks and turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It's as simple as pressing over or under on simple stat projections. And if you get multiple correct, you could win up to 25 times your money. And you can also play alongside your favorite players like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find them in the community plays under the promo tab in the app and view 
entries from some of the biggest names on Prize Picks community each week. So go to prizepicks.com slash college or use promo code college for a first-time deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college for a first-time deposit match up to $100. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about some viewer things on here. Now, the first one I see right away is no way that Michigan is a toss-up. Now, I'm not trying to say, like, okay, it's an immediate toss-up or anything like that. What I'm saying is there is so much chaos happening with Michigan that if they get placed on a bowl game ban for a year, if they get placed on a you're not eligible for the college football playoffs, if Jim Harbaugh takes off to the NFL, if J.J. McCarthy in that Offensive line that has won the Moore Award for two straight years now, those guys are heading to the NFL and whatnot. If all of those departures are shifting and you can't play in the playoffs, who knows if the people start to enter the transfer portal? Who knows what happens with the program? That is something that could absolutely change a program or leave it in upheaval. And upheaval causes question marks, and that can lead to upsets. And so I'm not saying it's a toss-up, but what I'm saying is that Minnesota could find itself in a position to upset, and it might not be as much of a juggernaut as what we see of this year's team. So that's what I'm thinking a little bit more when it comes to that Michigan matchup when we're looking at the schedule. Now, one thing uh, on Twitter that I got tagged in today, there was a boat wagon, shout out to him. He had mentioned a rule proposal for the college football playoffs when it goes to 12 teams next year. Now, if you, again, before we jump into that, if you have any other topics, any other questions, drop them in the comments. I would love to talk about them. So any questions you have, drop them in the comments, but let's talk about this rule proposal change for a 12 team college football playoff. Now he says, if two teams in the playoff have played during the season, they should not meet in the first round of the playoff. So if, if Michigan and Ohio state who play every year, uh, end up playing there and they both get into the playoffs, they shouldn't be allowed to play in round one. And I like that concept because it leaves not only more new matchups for that first round and more excitement for that first round of the playoffs, but it also makes you probably playing other power five opponents in round one. So then you have your SECs talking about we're the best. You have the Big Ten talking about we're the best. Now this year, the Pac-12 is like, holy crap, we got a million quarterbacks and we could run with anybody, but next year it's the Pac-2, so who knows what happens there. Big 12, I'm sure they're going to think that they can be up there with the best. If you're having these first round playoff matchups where you're having an Oregon for Big Ten versus a Georgia for the SEC, that is going to give bragging rights to a lot of these conferences and allow you to maybe get more Big Ten matchups, more SEC matchups in those later rounds to prove which conference is really more dominant. So I love that thought. I love that concept. I would absolutely implement that if I was in charge of the Big Ten. Now, we got some more questions coming in. So first question, will Minnesota have a weather advantage? Now, I don't know if you mean for this upcoming matchup or if you mean for when those new teams come in next season, I'll address both. So this weekend, I don't think it's a weather advantage because Illinois, it's not too far. They know what it's like. They are in the Big Ten. But when you're talking about those new schools coming in, I think there could be some weather advantage, especially as you get to the later games. Now, let me flip back to that schedule real quick. Next year's schedule, we have USC and UCLA both 
in October. Now we know it can get cold in October, but in the middle of October, you don't see snow too often. So I think it probably won't be too advantageous for us at that point. If we got to see those schools in November, I think that's where you're starting to see a little bit of a difference because you're not those Caleb Williams, Malachi Nelson, whoever's playing quarterback for USC isn't used to those cold weather games. Both of those guys, I think Caleb Williams comes from the D.C. area. Their next year quarterback, Malachi Nelson's from California, so they haven't played in those below freezing games. They haven't had receivers who have to catch the rock in the freezing cold and it hits your hands and it feels like a brick. So if we're talking about those teams playing in November, I think it could start to play an advantage. But if we're talking about the middle of October, I don't think it'll be cold enough to make a difference. Now let's move back to some more questions. All right, so can Minnesota make a big time win against Penn State? You're talking about that next year schedule, I think. And I don't know. I don't know. It depends on the consistency and the growth that we would see at quarterback. If Athens a starter again next year, how much of a leap, how much of a state step does he get in next year's season? Does he take that next year growth? Because we've seen some progressions, and I think a lot of people wanted to see that 300-yard production we saw against Wisconsin on an every-game basis. Now, that wasn't going to happen this year, and I think there has been a little bit more struggle than what people are, would like to have seen. But if he closes up this back half of the season and gets on a roll and gets it clicking, and then he heads into the offseason knowing what that feels like and takes that momentum to the next step, that's when I think you can start to see something intriguing next year for Minnesota. But that's a big if. There's also the ifs of what's happening. Who is staying? Are we able to keep our key players? Darius Taylor, Daniel Jackson, does he come back or does he put on enough of a big season in this back half of the season to get considered for the NFL? There are so many question marks still with it being – in the three quarter stage of the season that it really depends who's back and who has taken what progressions to know what could happen for an upset when we're talking about that next year. All right. The final one we will do is, am I mad about how the big 10 not having divisions anymore next year? Uh, now we have to play real competition instead of playing the big 10 West teams. I am excited. I'm not really mad about it. I think, a lot of Gophers fans could be nervous, scared, think it's going to be back to mediocrity. But I think when it comes to playing better teams, better caliber opponents, you either step up with the big dogs and answer the call and grow and you, you get into a better program, or that's when changes start to happen. If you struggle and you fall into mediocrity and you start to lose all the time, there are going to be massive changes in order to get back to a caliber. So I don't, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not mad at it. I'm excited to see how the team responds. And it might take a year. It might take two years to see how it goes. But having young players that are getting key minutes right now, your Maverick Bernowski's, your Devin Easterns, your Anthony Smith's, Ethan Calic Manis, Darius Taylor, all these young players are getting a lot of live reps right now. And then you have a core next year that hopefully should be able to respond. And if they do, then maybe you pull some games that people aren't expecting you to be in. And then maybe more people start to recognize this is a program I could maybe fit in. And I think the Gophers have been really particular with how they recruit. They might not land all the four stars, but the guys that they're finding in this recruitment are guys that fit the system well. You've, you're seeing, even though it's taken a few years, Daniel Jackson absolutely balling out these past two years. You're seeing guys like Cody Lindenberg coming through and making a huge difference. Tyler Newbin and his growth over his career. The guys that they pick out in the portal, even though they might not be immediate freshman four-star guys that are going to jump in from the jump, which we've seen a couple of with Darius Taylor, Greg Johnson's making some impacts. 
But regardless, those guys have been developing well. And the ones who stick around and the ones who go through it all, they fit into the system. Joe Rossi's system on defense has been really well with making these guys the best that they can be in player development. So I think if you have that player development and you have that swagger about you and you can go in and pull a couple upsets, maybe you can keep the momentum going for future years to keep your program on the up and up. I think that's what we're going to do to wrap up this one. I'll throw this question on just to wrap it up. I think it'll be a quick one. Will Wisconsin be tougher than Iowa? Absolutely. I think Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin lost to Iowa, I think overall they're going to be a tough matchup. They always are. Rivalry games, even the Iowa opponent, we only won by two points. We couldn't score a touchdown in that game. So I think no matter what, Iowa could be 0-10. Wisconsin could be 0-10, but when they play Minnesota, they're going to play like they're an undefeated team, plain and simple, because those rivalries just mean more. And so I think Wisconsin, to close out the season, is going to be a crazy matchup for Minnesota, especially if Minnesota is able to win these next two games. You win Illinois, you win Purdue, and regardless of what happens at Ohio State, they would be in the position to win the West, which means not only Wisconsin coming to town, they've lost the axe back to back years. They don't want to make that three. They're going to have fire for that. But then to know if Minnesota goes on to win these next two games, when Wisconsin comes to town, if Wisconsin gets that win, they get the axe and they make sure we do not win a West division title while the divisions are still here. So they would not only take that trophy back, but they'd get to rub it in our faces for the end of time that we never won a West and they were the reason why on multiple occasions. So I think they're going to play extremely harder. I think that game is going to be down to the wire. I think they're going to have extra fire and it's going to be one heck of a game. I'm excited for it, but the Gophers have to take care of business at Illinois or not at Illinois at home versus Illinois this week. And then we'll move on from there. That's going to do it for us here at lockdown golden Gophers. I appreciate y'all who tapped in and I appreciate anybody that is subscribed to the podcast podcast. Thank you to the everydayers who listen each and every day. You guys are the reason I keep doing this and we got Gophers daily content for you on the daily. Thank you again. Next week, Tristan Spanford will be back with us for predictions. Until then, row the boat, sky you go Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.